The following is a production of Hannah Publications and Riverside Radio Group. Welcome to this week's edition of the Washtenaw Citizen Sports Podcast, getting you caught up on what's happening around the local sports scene in Washtenaw Parish this week. Now, here's your host, Matt Reynolds and Jake Martin. Hey, gang. Welcome back to another edition of Citizen Sports, where we do not lay up on par fives. We go for the green in three. We want to get there for that eagle putt. Matt Reynolds, along with Jake Martin here, you're going to wind down the week in sports and preview the upcoming week around Washtenaw Parish and also across other parts of the state. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes by searching hannapub.com. Download any of the old shows, whether it be like Father Like Son, Citizen Sports, or The Point After. You can also find us on Podbean. And check out our stuff always on WashtawCitizen.com. Bring in Jake Martin. Jake, how are you doing today, my friend? I am well rested, Matt, thanks to a coma-inducing performance by the LSU baseball team last night. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to get on that right away because, you know, last week uh, it seems like the Tigers might have had a little momentum going into a huge weekend. They get the win uh, in the Wally Pontiff Classic over at Zephyr Field, over UL Lafayette, Lafayette, a team, of course, with a lot of history there between these two ball clubs. And UL Lafayette, a uh, highly ranked team all season long, but have had their fair share of uh, troubles this year as well. But get the 8-5 win, but you go into Texas A&M, get that loss get the uh, on Friday night, and then you get and you split a doubleheader with them. I really didn't know what to think about the Tigers uh, the past couple weeks, I knew that they probably weren't as good as maybe I anticipated because I think like a lot of people, uh, they, they looked at the preseason rankings, looked at the pitching, and just assumed that LSU could replace uh, the, these bats that they lost. And it seems like that's not the case, Jake. And last night, of course, a disappointing loss, as you mentioned, 7-1 to Tulane. Uh, what are we going to do with this, Tigers, Jake? Well, it felt like they were about to make the turn, right? I yeah. mean – even though they lost the series to A&M, that's a very good team. And they came out, and the pitching was back. You know, Poche, he rebounded well after uh, a rough start, which we've seen him do that a million times, it feels. And then Alex Lane came out, and he was filthy Saturday. I mean, he was striking out guys left and right, had, I think, 11 strikeouts in that game. And even though they lost that series, you know, it, looked, it felt like they were turning, turning the corner. Well, you enter uh, this game against Tulane, and, I mean, the bottom fell out. They, they, mm-hmm. they tried something new. They changed up the lineup. It didn't help. They're not getting any timely hits. Uh, they can't string the hits together. They're getting hits. If you look at the overall sum of, sum of hits, they, they are producing. Yeah, yeah. But it's just – They got guys it, hitting over 300, uh, a bunch of exactly. them, five or six. And as a team, I think they were, like, number seven in the conference and, and hitting, which, you know, it, it would feel like they would be dead last with the way they've been – you know, losing these games and not able to, I mean, anytime a runner is in scoring position, they really fail at the plate. They're just not getting the timely hits. And uh, you, you couple that with uh, some, some really bad errors last night, and it just, they're a hard team to watch right now. Yeah, and, and we talked on the podcast, I guess, close to a month ago about some switching up in the lineup. Right. Talked about Maneri, how he, he likes to do that, to try to find the, the right formula going into the SEC play. Just hadn't found that right formula, Jake. And you mentioned timely hitting. Well, the leading uh, hitter on the team so far is freshman Duplantis, who I think you, you you would agree is probably one of the more special players on this team as just a freshman. Uh, then you have Bo Jordan hitting 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 341, Jake Fraley hitting 340. But that's deceiving 
because you're right, they're not coming in the right time. And, uh, you know, the home runs obviously have not been there the past few years like they were back, you know, even five or six years ago, but especially back in the 90s and the early 2000s. But that's neither here nor there. But this team ha- doesn't have a power stick, it doesn't seem like. And, th- and that's something that they're definitely going to need, you know, heading into that SEC tournament and, and hoping to get back into Omaha. Um, the arms are there, but you just feel like this is not a type of team that can be in Omaha here in a couple months. Well, the speed's there too this year. They just haven't been able to utilize that. I don't know why they're not, you know, trying to play a little more small ball. Um, maybe that's the direction they need to take it since they can't seem oh, to. Oh, man, don't don't turn into UC Irvine. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Paulie. <laughs> well, I mean, you yeah. got to do something because <laughs> yeah, it... you're not getting the hits, you, you know. A lot of people think small ball is boring, but on the West uh, Coast, I mean, they they train from two years old to lay down a bunt. You know, UCLA won the World Series on small ball, not what a couple years ago. But it's it's just it's not in the DNA, I think, of of LSU baseball. But you're right, you're right. This team may be built for more of a small ball type lineup. You're right. Yeah. Well, but. Yeah. Let's let's move on to some more positive. Uh, yeah, let's do that news. because uh, you know at at this point in the year, I expected things to be a little better down at uh, Alec Box Stadium, but still, uh, I've seen turnarounds down there before. We'll see the Tigers uh, this weekend. I believe they have Auburn over in the Plains. So good luck to the Tigers. Maybe they can get a sweep and get back on track. Local baseball, Jake West Monroe had a great weekend, sweeping Rustin, jumped up in the polls. Uh, and I think uh, built a lot of confidence. Uh, how's Coach Seminole feel after a good week? Oh, he was he was sky high. Um, it, he really liked the way you know. You look at this team; they added Grant Williams, uh, a pitcher from Tennessee. He's been phenomenal. You know, he he had I think a sixty pitch count, and it toward like the fifth inning, he only had forty pitches. So, um, in the opening game of the series, wow. uh, that is, you know, get it Semino- done. Yeah, and Simino had got to get a full game out of him the opening game of the series, and that just set the table for uh, a dominant, dominant series. They swept Rustin uh, this past weekend, and uh, you know they're three and zero in district. And they're, I said all along that I really did like this team. I know they kind of, uh, they kind of struggled in the Sports City Grill tournament uh, this past or two weeks ago. Yeah, um, but they've they've definitely rebounded since then. And you know you got this lineup with with guys like Jacob Pearson. Yes, I'm, Mississippi I State mean, he, commitment. Oh my goodness, is he is he the hottest guy? And <laughs> I mean, he might be the hottest guy in the area right now. Um, and 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 you know, you add add on to to guys like uh, you know Taylor Young, who's been consistent, and it's of course Slade Bolden. Um, I really do like this team, and and Seminole's feeling a, a heck of a lot better this week than he was two weeks ago. West Monroe will uh, begin their series, weather permitting, today with Natchitoches Central. They'll have three games against them this week, district contest. Mm-hmm. Washtenaw Parish got games in against Natchitoches Central last week, lost a 4-1 to one to them on the 26th, but then followed that up with a big 15-5 to five win. Uh, Washtenaw, not, you know, hot on West Monroe's coattails as far as uh, in 5A and in district play. And this is another team I think you can look forward to uh, – maybe get a couple games won in the postseason. They have that type of team put together. Yeah, I finally found my stats that I've been searching for. Pearson, uh, he, he batted 700 in that series against oh Russin. Yeah. So that tells you right there how hot he, he's been. That's why he's going to be but, playing in Stark Vegas right there. Exactly. And uh, Washtenaw Parish, um, you know, they won their opening series. Um, the thing with them is – 
it's always been their pitching and, and it's been solid. Uh, Jake Hammond was, was tough as nails uh, in, in the second game of a do- double header last Saturday uh, to give them that victory uh, in the series. And, uh, you know, Caleb Armstrong's been crushing the ball too. Uh, I think yeah. he had, mul- he had multiple home runs in that, in that district series. So Washita and West Monroe, man, they, they they're, they're going to, it's going to be a fun, fun district race uh, with those two teams, those two local teams as good as they are. Well, we're going to uh, hit back a little bit later on West Monroe because we're going to talk of a, a couple football prospects from them and some other local schools. So stick around for the podcast for me and Jake's going to visit the top prospects in the area for the 2017 class in football. And believe you me, it's no shortage once again in the Northeast Louisiana area. But Jake, I wanted to hit on real quick and that's the all-parish basketball teams released this week by the Washita Citizen. You can pick up your copy on newsstands Thursday or you visit WashitaCitizen.com to see which local players were honored. And this year it was no shortage of great players and coaches. I think for, for me at least, and, and, and maybe for you, you can, you can touch on this. Uh, on the boys' side, for Coach of the Year, there, it was really no question who it should be. Yeah, it, that's the boys was a no-brainer, but the girls was a lot, lot tougher. Um, as far as the boys go, you look at what Casey Jones did. I think this is the best coaching job he's he's done in his illustrious coaching career. Uh, he he took a team that, you know, he'll he'll admit to you that, that back in the summer he was kind of looking around, going, I don't know if I should have left all that talent at Washington <laughs> Parish, you know. I mean, treasure trove big, over there. It was a big drop for him and. Uh, he got some, you know, he got some help once football was over with because guys like Zach Smith and and LT Thomas came in, and of course, his son, his son was the leading man for that team. He he needed him to be the primary scorer, and and uh, CJ went from being a guy who you know fed other players like Jay Head and and so on to becoming the essential uh, scorer. He he went from scoring nine points a game to. Uh, about almost 25 points a game, which Man. is uh, you know Man. huge increase. And he, he, I can't say enough about his uh, his poise and his confidence. And, and he really displayed that uh, every every game. He, he's a very quiet guy, and and he doesn't say a whole lot on the court either. But he's just he's confident. And I asked him that too. I said, you know, when your dad wanted you to 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 kind of lead the team to to put the team on your back at least until district, because that was the whole the whole plan from Casey was, hey, we're, we're going to need, you know, CJ to carry the load early on until I can get these guys used to the way I coach. Uh, CJ was used to it. CJ came in, obviously he's been with his dad his whole life, so he knew. He knew what was expected. And so see, I asked CJ, I said, well, is that something that, that, that you were comfortable with? And he said, yeah, I've always been confident. I knew I could, I knew I could handle that. And sure enough, he did. And, uh, of course, you know, you look at what all they did in the – the, the regular season. I remember before I took this job, I was talking to you, Matt, and you kind of looked at the team and you, and you were saying, yeah, they have Casey Jones, one of the best coaches in the area, but you know, you just look at it and I don't know if they'll be able to compete in district. And that's the way most felt. Yeah. And, and, and know, especially went, looking at, you know, Carol, what they had coming back, you mm-hmm. know, union who had just recently had some really good teams also in that district. Madison's always salty. It just was hard to see them where they were at the end of the year. But I know you followed this team all all year, Jake, and you you you've mentioned this before, and it's worth repeating. What Casey Jones, how you can tell he's such a great coach is look in these big games. Sometimes Waspin was trailing by double digits at half, and that didn't mean nothing. 
And they were, no. and they would come roaring back, and sometimes have double digit wins, and that's the sign of a great coach making those right. adjustments. He seemingly always made the right adjustment, and you know that even happened in the Peabody game in the semifinals of the state championship. I mean, Peabody jumped all over them, and this is a team that you know we most of us thought was uh, untouchable. You know, they, yeah. they they were undefeated. I think and, they thought they were untouchable too. That's you know, right, as a team, they, and that's sure what hurt did. them. Yeah, Jake, a, a great story this week on CJ and Casey Jones on the Citizen All-Parish team for the boys. On the first team, Jake Norris from West Monroe, Rod Hall from Washita, Saxton Becker from West Washita, Jay Head from Washita, and Larry Owens from Carroll. That's five really good players. But on the second team, you have Anthony Caesar from Waspin, Bobby Newton from Neville, Jay Gill from Washita, Samaj Colvin from Sterlington, and Dennis Collins from West Monroe. That's that's 10 excellent players, and, you know, there's there's probably 10 more that, you know, were right there that could have been mentioned as well, Jake. Oh, yeah, it was very tough. We, you know, look at guys like Jamie on Green from Carroll, uh, as, as well as a point guard that I really wanted to get on there was, was Jimmy Orange from West Monroe. Um, it, you know, it, it was very tough to crunch it down. Of course, you try to get as many teams as possible as you can on there, um, but it's tough. Like you said, you could have sure. went – there's not much separation from those guys and, and, and a couple other guys that we left off. Well, jumping over the girls' side of the all-parish teams, Coach of the Year, John Green from West Monroe, Player of the Year, Jasmine Johnson from West Monroe. But this is not quite as much as a runaway decision like you mentioned earlier with uh, the boys' side. But still, uh, the, I think I'm very comfortable with these uh, two selections, Jay. Yeah, you know, Washington and Wasserman were right there uh, for, for both both of those awards, and it, it was tough to make. I, I think the reason why I gave the nudge to, 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 to John Green and, and Jasmine Johnson were because, you know, they lost two, two players last – going into this year, they lost two players that averaged 36 points per game together. And so they didn't have that scoring threat that they did a year ago, and he had to really change his game. It, it became more about controlling the tempo rather than, you know, trying to score tick for tat with the team. And he had two really good guards that were that helped him do that. And one of them was Jasmine Johnson, who, you know, she she was phenomenal all season long. Um, she hit a lot of big shots late, um, and, and and that was the story of the year. They every game seemingly was close, but they had a knack for pulling it out late because of the great guard play. Her and Jaquel Robinson were were uh, outstanding, and uh, Johnson she she scored I think about fourteen or fifteen points a game, and. Um, had a, had close to seven rebounds a game as well, and she was, you know, Jasmine Hunter, who who was kind of their defensive specialist. She got hurt in the middle of the year, and John Green asked, you know, Jasmine Johnson said, "Look, I know you're one of our top uh, offensive players, but I'm going to need you to be that primary defensive player as, as well." And, and she stepped up and she took that challenge on, and uh, she, you know, she 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 entered her West Monroe career with with a lot of big shots and. Uh, and I think she was very deserving of the award. Rounding out the all-parish team for the girls, Stephenequa Wilson-Carroll, Jaquel Robinson from West Monroe, Curtesia Dean from Wasman, Anna Wigley from West Washita, and Katura Bingham from Washita. On the second team, Raven Franklin from Neville, Brandy Washington from Washita, Amani Gotson from Wasman, Chloe Wallace from Sterlington, and Kinsey Booth from OCS. So congratulations to all the players and great season of uh, hoops uh, for your rookie year covering Neela Hoops, Jake. So a good year to cover it, with, especially Absolutely. with the Wasman and the West Monroe story. 
Um, want to jump over to football recruiting because it's never a bad time to talk football. And um, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. interject before we move before we move on. I, I want to say real quick. Uh, I'm not sure there's a pitcher that's that's any hotter than Luke Cunnicutt of West Washita. Luke right Cunnicutt, the only returning pitcher, uh, Mitch Thomas and the Chiefs brought back this year, getting them uh, the district win over Tioga last week. I, I just want to re- reel off these stats for you. Let's Last three outings, one earned run, 19 strikeouts, and has allowed six hits and 20 innings pitched. 20 innings. Jeez. 20 innings. And and I just, you know, you look at what he's doing. When he's on the mound, I feel pretty confident in what – and in a West Washington victory pretty much. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to talk to Mitch Thomas this week. The, the holidays kind of threw – through things for a loop. I wasn't able to get in touch with everybody I normally am able to. And uh, I really wanted to see what he thought of Tioga, especially after everything that happened with uh, <laughs> Wade Simino and West Monroe uh, two weeks ago. So yeah, I just want to throw that in there. I wanted to give Luke Honeycutt a, a shout out because he's playing ex- He's, you know, he's playing excellent ball as is OCS's Aaron George, who's co- coming off of two brilliant um, pitching performances against uh, a 5A West Monroe and a 5A Airline. So, yeah, um, I think that puts the total of, I think, eight 5A teams, 2A. Watchtower Christian has played this year, yeah. which is just unheard of. And people may look at that record and <laughs> and not know the whole story there. But this team, and by the way, uh, Watchtower Christian jumped to number one in the Louisiana Baseball Coaches Association poll this week, even with that 11-8 and eight record. So, um, you know how good they are, Jake. I, I do as well. They're going to be tough to beat in two way and you talk about luke honeycutt i'm gonna get a look at him this weekend franklin parish got two games uh scheduled district games with west washita so uh looking forward to seeing that and, and really a good district in two four ray you got grant who is currently the number two team in the mm-hmm. state yeah. um tioga very good team west washita and neville improving getting healthier franklin parish yeah. is you know having their best season ever but i think it's going to be uh, overshadowed because they're going to have a, a tough time in district as well as Bastrop, uh, also in that district as well. But uh, looking forward to to that seeing Luke on the mound this weekend. Um, jumping back to football, if I can, Jake, is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, you, you took uh, some time this weekend, looked at the 2017 class. You know, every year you expect to have um, prospects in this area. Of course, last year was highlighted by Rashard uh, Richard Lawrence out of Neville, but uh, it's going to be. You know, some more black and gold guys getting looked at, but also West Monroe going to probably jump up there in the national eye with uh, defensive end Dennis Collins, who got an offer this week, Jake. He sure did. He, he got an offer from Ole Miss, which adds to uh, quite a lengthy list for him. He's already got offers from Tennessee and Arkansas and TCU. Uh, he's visited with LSU and, and Alabama's Billy Nap- Napier is constantly recruiting him. I mean, this is a four-star defensive end who – is garnering a lot of a lot of attention, so he's he's kind of becoming the Richard Lawrence of the area. Maybe not on the same level as Lawrence because he was the top. Lawrence was the top prospect in Louisiana. Uh, Collins right. isn't quite there, but Collins is definitely getting a lot of attention and kind of becoming the face of uh, at least Northeast Louisiana. Now his teammate, running back Trey Coleman, uh, also going to probably get a few offers uh, from some some high quality teams. Uh, he really, you know, West Monroe, their offense, there's so many guys that contributed last year, and, and Slade Bolton was a big part of that. 
Robert Scott Faust was a big part of that. Jake Norris, uh, they, several fullbacks got number, numerous touchdowns, and Trey Coleman quietly, you know, had uh, double-digit touchdowns and, and over a thousand yards. And this is a guy that you know he's the total package at running back. Uh, you see him getting some uh, SEC officers maybe coming up. Well, see, he's already got two with Tennessee, Tennessee and Arkansas. Right. So, but I, I was I was walking. I was at the baseball game the other day, and I was just walking, and, and I saw him, and he, he came up to me and shook my hand. And golly, he's got a handshake, man. He, he's <laughs> he is a solid, solid kid. And uh, he, every time I see him, it seems to be getting bigger and and more stout. And I'm really looking forward to see what he does this year. West Monroe with, with him and, and Slade Bolden in, in the backfield, oh, as well as Robert Scott Faust. Holy cow. <laughs> and expectations are always high on Rebel Rightfully Drive. So. But uh, yeah. this, this year you would, you would anticipate them being extra elevated. I want to talk yeah. about Neville. Uh, they uh-huh. got some guys, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that are getting a lot of looks. Uh, two guys, uh, Corey Slaughter and Ja'Korian Andrews. That both of those are in the top 30 Louisiana prospects 2013. I mean, 2017, sorry. Um, Strader is a guy who, who has a Tennessee offer. T- it seems like Tennessee and Arkansas are all over Northeast Louisiana this year. Uh, but Slaughter has an offer from Tennessee. He's a three-star cornerback, while Andrews uh, is a three-star cornerback who has offers from Arkansas, Indiana, Tennessee, uh, Louisiana Tech, and Tulane. So, nice. I mean, you, you look at that defensive backfield, and it's – it's uh, it's very stout. You know, when I first got here, I, I only got to cover Neville because I got here what ended November or started December. weren't very many teams left, right? So, so I got to look at Neville a good bit. And Corey Strada was a guy that jumped out at me immediately when I was just at practice watching him. I, I thought a lot of him, and I could tell he he looked like an SEC guy. And you know, when I when I looked him up, I wasn't shocked to see uh, the offers he is, he had been he had received. So. Him and Andrews, that's that's a heck of a defensive backfield. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, which one of those two kind of pulls ahead um, as far as the offers go. Yeah, and uh, my friend at 2-7 Sports, Sonny Ship, told me before last season started that that was a guy, uh, Strauder, that is, that's a guy that is really, he anticipates being, you know, one of the state's top recruits out of this 2017 class. And sure enough, he's starting to creep on up there. Yeah. Uh, st- staying with the black and gold, uh, on the offensive side, Jaden Cole, an athlete, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands, uh, responsible for you know over 20 touchdowns last year and just really was, was a workhorse for that uh, Neville Tiger offense, also getting some attention. He, he was, and you know he was battling some injuries late in the season, but yet he still found a way to get out there and, and still provide uh, for, for, for Neville and obviously a memorable postseason. Um, you know, Cole – He's got an offer from Arkansas. They got him listed as a three-star, as a three-star uh, quarterback or athlete, rather. I'm not sure if he'll play quarterback at the next level, but obviously, when when this guy has the ball in his hands and he's in open space, that's that's trouble for defenses. Yeah. And uh, you know, schools seem to like that. And I, I like Jaden Cole's uh, chances of, of get, garnering more attention as well. Um, all of these guys are, are in the top 30 prospects. So. Uh, Northeast Louisiana getting a lot of love. Someone else who's getting a lot of love is Washtenaw Parish's uh, Davion Warren. Well, that's what I was going to bring up, Jake, because last year I was lucky enough during Franklin Parish's bye week to catch the week where Washtenaw hosted Neville. And you saw two of the best athletes you could possibly imagine at the quarterback position (laughs) going after each other. Now, Neville pulls out the 
eked out the win. I believe it was something like 45 to 41 over Washita Parish. But Devion Warren single-handedly brought Washita Parish into back into that game, and that's that's a guy that reminds me of Cole a lot too. I mean, they can both do the same thing with their feet, and they can also throw the football. But Devion Warren now will be entering his third season at starting quarterback for a 5A school in Washita Parish. It's exciting. It has to be exciting for Coach Jeff Fitzgerald what he could possibly bring to the table this year. Yeah, I can't wait to see this guy live in action. I, I've watched uh, a lot of huddle videos of him, and he, he's definitely electrifying from the quarterback position. Uh, he has offers from Arkansas and Colorado State. Uh, very fun guy to watch. Um, I, again, I, I really can't wait to see him live and in person. Uh, and, and I think he was around like 32 as far as the top uh, prospects go. So he, he's knocking on the door. And, and I think if Washtenaw Parish can can win a little more this season, that that'll help boost his uh, boost his his ranking as well. Yeah, at number 32, Devian Warren listed on 247 Sports Top 2017 Prospects. And, Jake, that is six local guys here in the Monroe area in the top 32 on 27 Sports. So we got a lot to look forward to coming up in next football season. I uh, want to mention again, as we're wrapping up the podcast this week, we appreciate everybody uh, listening. Always appreciate your feedback. Uh, Tips, suggestions, gripes, let's hear them all. Sports at WashtaCitizen.com. You can check out all our stuff at WashtaCitizen.com. And uh, follow us on iTunes. You can get every episode that uh, it's ever been done by Citizen Sports and also all the other Hannah Publication podcast. Um, Jake, you got anything else this week? I think that's about it, man. Uh, just looking forward to to catching some more LSU football. Uh, we're about two weeks away from the, the spring game, and I'm anxious to see how Danny Etling uh, performs yeah. at the quarterback position. Uh, well, one thing to add, Kendall Beckless still hasn't returned, uh, so that's that injury seems to be a little bit more serious. Than maybe Jake we, Martin continues. It, it does, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, now, also want to mention the Final Four is set, I believe, for Saturday. First game will be a couple of two-seeds going at it. Villanova in Oklahoma, the second game, number one seeded North Carolina against 10 seeded Syracuse, a team that is very familiar with the Final Four, though. I hadn't got to see a lot of the tournament the past week because my two year old hid my dish uh, smart card. So I really no. have, have not been able to see much of anything. I've tried some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to watch a little bit on my phone. It's just not quite the same. Uh, who do you like uh, taking home the Nets when it's I, all said I tell you, North Carolina has always been a favorite for, for most people, and they look the part, especially Bryce Johnson at that power four position. They, you know, they brutalized Notre Dame on the boards, and it wasn't even a contest because of the way they, they out-rebounded them and out-muscled them in the paint. I tell you, though, look out for Villanova because I like the way they're built. They're, they're a team first. They share the ball very well. Uh, they have a strong power forward. They have some good shooters. I really do like Villanova. However... If if Buddy Hield and Oklahoma keep shooting like they're shooting, I mean they're on they're on fire. If yeah. They keep shooting like they're shooting, they'll take it. Yeah. It, it it just comes down to if they cool off or not. That's what I really think because Buddy Hield is is uh, the closest thing I've seen to Steph Curry in the college game. That's a great and comparison. Yeah. Look, man, he he can drop back and just scorch you from beyond the arc. And uh, you know, right now as a Pelicans fan, I'm hoping the Pelicans have a chance to pick him <laughs> in the draft because. 
We need somebody like that. They so. cer- certainly need uh, some an outside threat and somebody that can score like that. Absolutely. You heard it here Absolutely. first, folks. So um, it'd be nice to see him down in a Pell's uniform next year. That'll do it this week. We always appreciate our listeners. And check us out on WashingtonCitizen.com. Check out the all-parish basketball teams that will hit stores tomorrow, Thursday, uh, on newsstands and also on the website. Jake, until next week, have a good one, man. Until next time, brother.